Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. Gotta get going, come on. They gotta feel them, they gotta feel us. We gotta get into them, let's go. The name of the game is hit the ball, catch the ball, and get the fucking job done. Because you know why? Because when, when we play good, they send, they send those guys to this table and talk to them like a hero. When we f*** it up, I'm the one I gotta sit here and talk to you guys. Get your last shot, jerk. See that? That's your IQ, buddy. Zero. We make a couple more shots. Our, our, our record's different. We get a couple more stops. Our record's different. Sammy had a double in the seventh inning last time we met. 3 2. Bouncing ball up the middle. The run's going to score. Well, this isn't they're waiting for a few more pieces of the lumber. So they're looking to see what's in the bat. And they want to see if what's in the bat is really the bat or if there's anything in there that shouldn't be in there. Welcome to the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Chicago, Southside Chicago, might I add, guys, within Chicago bias. Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. Chris. Fellas, what's good? Man, first of all, DC coming in hot with the little radio voice. We hear the vibes, DC. What's up, bro? <laughs> Everything is five stars. All right, there you go. Hey, Dub, talk to him, man. How you doing, baby? I'm over here doing pretty good, Press. Feeling good today, man. Yeah, man. What's uh, going on in the land of work over there? Still working crazy. However, it's a different kind of crazy now, you know, uh, when you're in employee relations. So things kind of change up a little bit based upon how the pandemic is changing, how we work and operate. No, I hear you, man. I try to stay away from your kind, man. I don't, I don't mess with y'all human relations folks. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it, man. No worries. Well, man, dude, I'm excited, man. So, audience, as DC said, this is the Chicago State of Mind podcast. It's a new venture for us here on the network. We got our brother here, DC, who is new to podcasting, but I'm telling you guys, you guys aren't even going to be able to tell. He's sharp, he's witted, and he's going to give y'all that five star experience. Talk to him, DC. My perspective Chicago, Southside, born and raised, as I mentioned. Lifelong Chicago Bulls fan, Bears, Sox, got love for the Cubs, but you know I am a true Southside. There um, you go. There you Blackhawks. You know, you know, I'm just here to give a, a fresh five star take on things. So, and and you heard that a dub. He's a true Southside guy. So you know, sometimes us Southside guys, we forget where we come from. We start rooting for other teams, but you know, it's okay. I, I don't hold that against you with them Cubs, man. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not worried about none of that, man. Good for you, DC. I'm, I'm proud of you, my brother. But hey, still come next to over here. <laughs> you hear him? He gonna tell you good for you. I, I, you know what? Hey, dude, I don't like when people say that. That's like one of them little patronizing comments. It's like that's the way it's supposed to be, Prince. <laughs> I know. I heard it. I heard it. Listen, and I'm gonna. I'm not letting it off the hook. Audience, we're glad to be doing this here. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to do a little roundtable with the fellas here. I'm going to start with you, A-Dub, man. What's your favorite Chicago sports moment? I know you got a ton of them from being, you know, a lifelong Chicago fan. I mean, you guys didn't win the World Series as the Cubs for, you know, a long time. But I'm sure you had some good favorite moments, though. Yeah, man. Of course, I got plenty of them with the Cubs. But I'll say the one that touched me the most, <laughs> though, man, <laughs> is I got to go with the Chicago Bulls, man. 1998, man, Michael Jordan, man, the GOAT, the last few plays in that in, in that fourth quarter, man, that led to that championship, that six rings, baby. I mean, that steal off Carl Malone, and he came back down, he cashed in with that jump shot, man, that classic jump shot over Russell. And Russell been hit by Jordan several times throughout this series. But, man, that was the most competitive one I've seen, most awesome one, and the one we'll see for years to come. And I'm going to say this real quick. I get so sick and tired of people talking about Russell with the push-off and all that stuff. Russell, if you were such a good defender, you'd have been stronger in your base, and he wouldn't have been able to knock you off your square. So you know what, A-Dub, that's a hell of a one. DC, what you got for me? Favorite Chicago sports moment? Oh, see, I rock with A-Dub on the six rings. You know, that era will be untouched forever. Mm -hmm. However, I have to go with my D-Rose Bulls. I'm okay. talking... The series against the Boston Celtics, when we went overtime after overtime after mm -hmm. overtime, 
Game Woo. six. You were there, Prince. I re- you remember. You oh, remember man. this. I remember. I'm talking the <laughs> when Joakim Noah came down and dunked on Paul Pierce's head something nasty. Oh, God. Man, mm. fouled him out. And, dude, game six, the whole city. I had an out-of-body experience. It's the first and only time in life I felt like my soul <laughs> went to the concession stand be like, hey, bro, I'm about to give you some popcorn real quick because this is an entertaining game. And I came back. <laughs> And I'm like, what did I just experience? See, DC, I remember that one because, like he said, we were at the game, and I just saw him. I have never hugged a man as as hard and as strong as I hugged <laughs> DC in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You were holding my 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 capsule. You were holding my my shell. I'm telling you, my soul was roaming in the United Center, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Speaking Dude. of that, those were the good days with those Bulls. And we're going to talk about the Bulls here in a second. But those Joe Kim, Noah, D-Rose Bulls and when Tibbs was the coach, man, that was an era, boys. That was an era. And that defense, no joke, Prez. Man, I love how Teal set that up. Ice! Ice! <laughs> Do your job! Do your job! <laughs> um, but I would say, man, my favorite Chicago sports moment, guys, Shout out to both of you guys for hitting it with the Bulls thing. Definitely love those. But I got to go Devin Hester. Opening kickoff return touchdown in the Super Bowl. I was there in Miami when it happened. The Mm. shit right there to me will always be like my favorite all-time Chicago sports moment. That was another moment in my life, fellas, where I was making sounds that a man shouldn't make, but I didn't even care in the moment. (laughs) (laughs) But, dude, Devin Hester to me still... I don't care what nobody says. He's a Hall of Famer in my book. And the NFL better do the right thing when it comes to Devin Hester next year. Man, I'm with you there, Perez, man. I'll tell you, when he took off, bro, I was like, whoa, that guy, lightning speed, man. I mean, jeez, great moment. Yeah, I don't know why they kicked it to him, but I'm glad they did because that was a hell of a moment, man. Hell of a moment. Now, we're going to segue into the show real quick because this is a part of the show that is not such a hell of a moment. We still got to talk about it. Fellas, last night we saw that draft lottery happen. We knew that the Bulls had to be in the top four for them to kick the pick. It didn't happen. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts. What do you think about that Vooch trade now that you see that we have now have to give that lottery pick up this year? And also, we have to give the 2023 first-round draft pick. So I'm watching the draft lottery last night, and I saw the look on Mark Eversley's, Mark Eversley's face, and it was like a deer in headlights when we lost that pick. He was like, huh? Because you like you were in the Mark Eversley, AK, you were in those uh, trade discussions with Orlando. You knew that getting a guy like Vucevic could potentially cost you a first round pick. Don't act surprised. You know, this this is how the lottery system works. You know, you see a team like New Orleans, they jump up from a couple of years ago to get Zion. I just didn't have that feeling this time around. We got lucky with D-Rose. I just didn't see us creeping up into the top four. So the pick is gone, but I do still have trust in the front office. Uh, Way more trust than I ever had with Garpax. And, uh, you know, I I really feel like they're going to get something done. Uh, They're going to get creative. Vucevic, he's been solid. He's been cash money for years. You know, taking over from the 9-9 to the 2000. You know, he's been... He's been in the post doing work. Zach Levine is statistically on another level. You know, those numbers are insane. He could go toe-to-toe with anybody, but now he has to get on the big stage and prove it, much like Devin Booker's doing right now with Phoenix. So ultimately, we'll be in a good spot. This is a great draft. I mean, I didn't think that we would get a top four pick in the draft. I really had that feeling going forward. I was like, man, it's going to be a tough one here. But the A pick, I have no issue with it going to Orlando. I like Vucevic. I think he's done. He's going to do a phenomenal job for the Bulls press. When he came on board with us, he was already coming from Orlando doing a great job already. And we need that low post presence. We haven't had one really in a long time here in Chicago. And I think he's been, you know, inside out for us. He's a guy who we can rely on, really. You know, it's hard to get guys like that, especially as a big man. So I think he goes good with what some of the surrounding pieces we have already on the team. So I like what we have now. I think we're resolved to something big until um, some of the guys got hurt last season. But I think going forward, I think we'll be okay. I think if it's a number eight pick, I'm okay with us losing that pick because I think Vooch is going to be better than anybody we would probably draft at eight anyway. Just That's just right. my, my two cents Absolutely. on that. But I want to get you guys' thoughts real quick, though. So now we know when we made that move. 
the Bulls as a whole, record-wise, we kind of regressed. And then Zach and Vooch didn't necessarily play well together. So it, the fit to me kind of seemed a little awkward at best. Want to get you guys' thoughts on that. I mean, do you think that's just a byproduct of a midseason trade? Do you think the, the potential for those guys is even better next season after having training camp and everything? Just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, Chris. I think that sometimes you have two good guys who play very well. I think Vooch is somewhere near all-star level. And playing with a guy like Zach, who is an all-star level, you have to learn each other, right? That chemistry and learn to play with each other and playing off each other. And I think that was something they had to learn going forward. I think with them getting more time together and working together, I think they'll be fine because they'll be able to share, share some of their workload. Vucevic has taken teams to the playoffs, so he's been there. He's never had a reliable number two option or a reliable 1A or 1B option. And that's what Zach Levine is. These two guys are interchangeable. You saw when Zach went out with the health and safety protocols, Vooch was putting up numbers. The team, in my eyes, performed a little bit better when Vooch went out, just in terms of flow, in terms of playing off of Vucevic. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was playing styles. I think it was the midseason trade. And, and, and you really have to think about it because Billy Donovan is a great coach, but this COVID season... You know, nobody wants to make excuses, but coming into next year, the chemistry these guys are going to have is going to be off the charts. What Zach and Vooch will do will be way better than anything Zach and Lowry could have ever done. You know, that's the chemistry that we've been waiting for from a, a you know, two guard and a, and a big. But Vooch and Zach, from what I've seen so far, they, they, the sky's the limit. No, and you know what? That's a really good point there because... You're right. Lowry has not done what we thought that he was going to do as, as Bulls fans. I mean, DC, you and I, we were watching that draft when the Butler trade happened and when the Bulls then drafted Lowry. And I wondered at that moment, like, okay, I remember he was an athletic kid from Arizona. And I thought, okay, after that rookie year, guys, he showed some promise. But Lowry just never turned the corner of what you're what we were looking for. Now, we can blame it on a lot of different things. We can blame it on coaching. We know Jim Boylan was a clown, wasn't the best person to develop these guys. But at the end of the day, he had Billy Donovan this season, and we still didn't see Lowry take that next step. However, I want to get you guys' thought on, on something real quick here. So DC brought up Zach Levine's name a couple times. Now, Zach Levine, we know, is now showing you that he's got that superstar potential, right? It looks like the Bulls are trying to basically build this team around him. Zach Levine is going to be a free agent next offseason. What do you guys think as far as a potential extension for Zach Levine? Because we know that Zach Levine is underpaid in this version of the NBA based on the contract that he can get once he hits the open market. Do you guys see a potential that the Bulls would give Zach Levine that max contract that, that we think that he deserves? At this point, I mean, he's actually shown improvement. When the Bulls first got him, I was like, man, can this guy take that next step? You know, now he got the keys um, to the city. He got the keys to shoot anytime he wants to. He has to bring light, right? So looks like he's actually has taken that next step to where he's been consistent. He's actually improved on his defense as well. So I think at this point, the Bulls have the one. I think he has arrived. He still can get better, though, for us on, on the defensive end. But I think he has arrived offensively to where he can make big shots. He has learned to take big shots. And he has no problem with doing so. It'll be great to see them actually sign him back. And I think he's earned the race. So you want him to get that max. So what's that max going to pay him? That's going to be at least, what, 30, 35 million, right? But or guess what? A lot of guys in the league are making money like that. So second, I mean, guys, a lot of guys who are the second options on teams are getting somewhere around that much. So it wouldn't shock me to send a guy like him who's probably number one on the team should get somewhere around that. Zach is going to command at least in that area of 30 to 35 possibly could get up. I mean, he may have doubled his money. He was at 19 this past year. He could get up to 38. You look at a guy like Dame Lillard, constant big shot maker, but he hasn't gotten to the fine. In this modern NBA, guys are getting paid without necessarily reaching those accolades like in the past. So when you look at a guy like Zach Levine, based off of potential, yeah, he could be the top shooting guard in the NBA. Uh, however, he hasn't done it in the playoffs yet. But should the Bulls sign him long term? Hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah, like Stone Cold Steve Boston. <laughs> I will toast to that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Zach also, is here to stay. And also, I mean, he basically is committed to play on the uh, the Team USA this summer. So that also kind of shows you a little bit about his evolution because this was a guy that 
they weren't even trying to put on all-star teams and now he's going to represent our country. So I agree with both of you guys. I do think that he should get that extension. It's just, man, I just, these salaries in, in his modern NBA, bro, they give me a lot of damn heartburn, fellas. I just, man, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I like what you just shared there, Perez. I bet I'm playing with the USA team, man. I think that's always a good thing to see because I've seen a lot of guys who go there and come back much better. I mean, we even see, we go further back. We've seen with Scotty. Pippen did that, right, for Michael Jordan. I mean, Mike came back and raved about him. But, again, a lot of these guys go there, man, even today, and they all learn something new. They come back stronger and a whole lot better, and they learn some things from others who are doing it. That's true. And uh, we got to – you brought up Scotty's name. I, I really wish Scotty would uh, stop being so petty. You guys heard that he's got that book uh, coming out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Scotty's trying to get his coins up because uh, that, that, that Lars uh, – Split ain't, you know, it's, he's got to, he got to get his money right. Like Kanye. Are trying to get his money right? <laughs> well, I'll I tell you one thing, DC, Kanye don't look like he's worried about it right now. That dude going all over the world with Shorty right now. He don't yes, he seem is. like he care. But he gonna, <laughs> he gonna, he gonna learn soon them lawyers start calling. He gonna learn. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he gonna learn today. so one thing i want to get you guys thoughts on is ben simmons so now we know from the playoffs man ben simmons just did not get the job done i felt so bad for joel and b because i mean joel and b to me was basically mvp if he didn't get injured at a point in the season but when you look at ben simmons who's supposed to be his number two he's supposed to be his scotty pippen and he's not now we're hearing a lot of people coming out and saying should the Bulls go after Ben Simmons? So that's why I asked you guys the question about Zach Levine, because I wondered, I've heard a lot of talks where people are wondering, well, should the Bulls maybe go after Ben Simmons and then use Zach Levine as that trade piece? So now with you guys kind of in the fold of wanting Zach Levine to be re-upped, I'm assuming that you guys don't have much of an appetite for a Ben Simmons trade, correct? I mean, Perez, for the Bulls, it, it doesn't quite make a lot of sense. I mean, it depends on who you're getting rid of, right? Do you want to Get Ben Simmons. I mean, I think I like the core they already have right now, right? With Zach Levine and Vooch. You want to keep those two guys, but if you can trade some other guys around it, I totally get it. But, I mean, for that reason, I would say if the Bulls can do something along those lines, trade others and not their core, I'll, I'll be totally fine with getting them on board, you know, because I know what he can do. I mean, Ben Simmons is one of the top defensive players in the league, really, you know. I'm not saying he can't score that well, right? But that scoring part was an issue, right? He doesn't have a jump shot. We already know that already. But defensive-wise, this guy's pretty solid, and I like what he can do there. So you add that, you, you can always need a defender to go with guys who are, you know, like Zach Levine, who focused on offense, and also Vooch as well. So you're going to need a guy, a perennial defender at all times. And, and uh, that's a really good point because people focus a lot on what he can't do, free throws, shooting threes, but they don't acknowledge the part of his game that he does really well with playing defense, great ball handler and passer, and he plays downhill. So, no, I just, I'm glad you brought that point up. Do you see what you got for me? I feel like Ben Simmons is going to be a polarizing figure throughout his career based off of what he what he brings to the table. Yeah, defense, not too many guys at his size. He's he's uh, in that unicorn category, you know, mm-hmm. to be that height, to, to have the playmaking ability that he does have. Not every guy is a shooter. You know, this right. is a shooter's league now. So on this Bulls team, he could complement them. Vooch at the five, you think about it. Traditionally, big men were not shooting threes, you know, no. but Vooch can step out and hit it excellently. <laughs> that right. is a word. Vooch is a, <laughs> Vooch is a great, Vooch is a great three point shooter. Right. Uh, but Ben Simmons doesn't have to be, be that he can be in the paint. He can grab rebounds, get put back dunks. Ben Simmons could drive the lane. Ben Simmons can do all these other different things. So, yeah, I mean, I think trading for him, with the amount that he has left on his, his, his contract, I'm not a fan of that because I, I do feel like, you know, he, he hasn't earned it yet. But, you know, he's irreplaceable for what he brings to the table. So, yeah, in that case, yes, you know, he has separated himself. But you can't lay a goose egg in big moments like that. And yeah, I feel I, like he'll learn from it. I hope he does. But I also look at it from another standpoint, fellas. I don't think his coach, Doc Rivers, did him any favors either because he should have substituted him out. When you see a guy like that, it appears that he's hurting your team in that moment because I do think that Ben Simmons is a good player. But in that series, 
he didn't give them anything, especially in the fourth quarter of those games, right? But I thought, man, why don't you put Maxi in at point guard, you know, instead of putting Ben at, at the point guard position? Another point that I wanted to touch on with that DC mentioned was maybe if Ben Simmons goes to another team, you can move him to like more of a four position, right? And so that way you don't have him just run in the straight point guard position. Because if he comes here to Chicago, I don't want any interest in that type of trade. If you're giving up Zach, if you're giving up Vooch, and if you're giving up Pat Williams, none of those guys should be moving off of this team. Anybody else, go for it. <laughs> I'm not against that part, what you're saying there, man. I think the other thing I think about with Ben Simmons and also with even with Embiid, man, is that you got to think about who they really are, right? And I look at that team there, Perez, even looking at, looking at them now, the 76ers, they just don't have a closer. They don't have a, really a playmaker who can come out and just do their thing, you know? They have to work off a team. So sometimes when they come out in the fourth quarter, man, you need that one-on-one guy. You need that KD. You need that LeBron. You need, you know, um, you need guys who get buckets, you know? And um, they don't have a guy like that, man, who can just close the show like that. I mean, when you see Embiid out there shooting fadeaway threes, man, that's just always tough. So I've always said something like that. Look, they got to know who their personnel is, who they have, and this guy is who he is, man. Ben Simmons is who he is. He's not that guy. But the thing is, he's a very good complement play- player, so guys were able to do it. Great point, Adub, because you think about it like this. There was a time where they had Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Jimmy Butler. Mm. Jimmy could have been that closer, but they chose Tobias instead. Tobias right. Harris did not bring that to the table. No. No. At all. <laughs> so... They might have gotten farther had Jimmy not went to Miami, in my opinion. Well, just the thing, man. I don't think Jimmy believed in those guys on that team. Because you remember when he went to Miami, and he talked about how the guys on that Heat roster, they were dogs. And he they asked him point blank about those guys in that locker room. And he was like, I rock with Joe. And B was the only guy that he was shouting out. Mm. And when you look at that series, I mean, we saw who the dogs were who were not. So <laughs> it was pretty clear. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, and B was out there playing. I mean, didn't they say at one point they thought that he had a slight tear of his meniscus and he was right. still out there balling? Guys like that, they deserve better. I mean, over the weekend with KD and what happened to him in that end of that damn series. And I'm like, there's some guys out here, man, that definitely their teammates let them down. And we saw that with Kevin Durant, with Joe Harris missing wide open shots. I'm not going to come at James Harden because he was playing hurt, but Joe Harris, come on, bro. You, you better not be nowhere posting on social media. I swear. They should take his phone away from him for a good 30 days for missing that damn wide open shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> man, Perez, hey, He's look. on punishment. You hey, on time man. out, Joe Harris. You on time big out. Big time. Big time, man. <laughs> and he missed a lot of shots, though, Perez. It's not just that one game, man. You can look at the entire series, man. Joe Harris was off the entire series, really, man. And um, he didn't give those guys enough at all, really. You know, when KD, KD's taking all the big shots and getting tired and exhausted from having to carry the load in so many minutes, you need a second guy that really help out. And um, they really didn't have no guy after Kyrie got hurt. And you can see with Joe Harris, I thought he would have stepped on for him and made some big shots, but unfortunately, he wasn't ready. And a guy like that, he got one job. That's to hit open shots. If you ain't doing that, then it's like, what's your purpose, bro? Right. <laughs> That's like those people when you walking down the street, they hand you that little pamphlet. It's like, what's your purpose? Somebody should have gave that shit to Joe Harris after that game. I promise you. <laughs> man. <laughs> man. I'm still mad at Joe Harris. It ain't got nothing to do with the fact that I bet the Nets to make it to the finals. It has nothing at all to do with that audience. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little extra salt in the wounds there. <laughs> and I, I see a prayer's mad at him, man. But I gotta throw one thing, but I gotta say this, man. What? I was still this I know James Harden wasn't healthy or like we wanted to be, but man. To go two from 12 for three-point event in the seven-game series, I mean, the seven-game or the seven-game series, that's tough, man. You need somebody to make a bucket for a guy, for KD, when he's scoring so much points, man, and putting it on the line. You need somebody. But two for 12, it just won't cut it. I get you, man, but his hamstring was probably, like, held together like a piece of roast beef, bro. I'm telling Mm. you, the fact that he was even out there, I don't know. I didn't even think it was smart to even play, fellas. I don't know. Right. He gutted it out. He gutted it out. Yeah, And in those moments, you need your stars to step up. I feel like, and this could be a topic for another show, I feel like what they had going last year with Spencer Dinwiddie, with Joe Harris, like those guys had a certain energy. Then you come in, you bring in Steve Nash, you bring in James Harden, you take away a guy like Jared Allen. Jared Allen was key for this team. Right. So. Oh, no, listen, they were too hot. They were too top heavy, bro. Too top heavy. Because you're right. 
the thing that made the Nets really cool to me last year was the fact they had Levert. They had all those guys that knew their roles, and they basically all played their asses off. With this version, if KD wasn't on, if Harden wasn't playing well, or if he's hurt and Kyrie's out, then who else was going to step up? You thought Blake Griffin was going to do something? No. No, not at all. Blake's still cashing Kia checks. Bro, when you get me started, <laughs> when you get me started, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> shit, uh oh, he ain't been the same since he dunked over that damn Kia, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, let's uh, finish up our bull segment here. So, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on some realistic free agent targets that the Bulls can go after. I'm, I'm going to kick it off, and I want to get you guys' thoughts. But I have to go Lonzo Ball. I think point guard, just in my opinion, when it comes to the Bulls, is a position that they really need to prioritize. We saw what happened with Kobe White. He's had, got his uh, shoulder injured. He's out for four months. He has surgery. But even before Kobe White got that injury, I still thought point guard was a position to upgrade. I think a guy like Lonzo Ball, he's probably going to have a lot of suitors, fellas, but he's somebody that I would love to be in that Bulls uniform. I mean, can you guys imagine him running the point with Zach, with Vooch, and with Patrick Williams after a summer of him getting getting his body right and, and getting his shot together, I mean, that could be a squad, guys. But I think Lonzo Ball, to me personally, AK and Mark Eversley, they need to do whatever they can to clear up that cap space to make a run after him. Because I think he's a restricted free agent, but he's somebody that I would like to target. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on Lonzo, and then I want to hear your realistic free agent targets. Chris, what I think, man, when I think about free agency, man, it's, it's, it's a part of you guys. I like the Lonzo Ball thought process. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I even looked at Chris Paul, man, as being someone of the targets. I've seen Ooh. him do very well with a lot of young guys. I mean, what he did with OKC, work with those young guys, help build them up. Look what he's doing with Fame Sons right now, help build those guys up. You just need a guy with that mindset. You know, I think he would teach guys like Cody how to be a point guard if he's still around. Um, it's just that those kind of things you think that about when it comes to Chris Paul, who's a true winner, a leader. He has all those intangibles that a lot of these guys in the league just don't have. Now, I think he would actually help change some of the Bulls' fortunes around things. He would actually help Zach Levine become a better player. So I think about him as a guy who I think it really, I do know that he would be an upgrade for sure. I'm, I'm just going to say this, audience. Uh, A-Dub, he thinks that the NBA salary cap is like the game of Monopoly. He wants to max out Zach Levine, and now he wants us to go after Chris Paul. That's a lot of money, brother. Hey, Perez, guess what? It may be a lot of money, though. I don't know. We'll see, right? I think all those things that are crossed that was time to get there. And I do like what you mentioned about Lonzo Ball as well. Who knows what his price range would be? But I think all you think of all these things, it's all about what these guys' values are, what they're worth. Yeah, but the Chris Paul take is a good one just because we saw what he's done with that Phoenix team. You see the proof is in the pudding, right? They're, they're probably going to be in the finals. So that's him. That's his presence. Chris Paul is that leader. He's the one that changes the culture. So I agree with that. It's just I think he's going to ask for a lot of money. I think Alonzo Ball signing would probably be in the $20 million per year range, mm-hmm. which is still going to be a lot of money. But Chris right. Paul, that would be a hell of a get. I just well, I would just want to know, who the hell are we getting rid of? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> well, one I thing is for sure. One thing is for sure. Cristiano Felicio will not be back. Oh, my good. God. Good. <laughs> Dude, go back to Brazil, bro. Get the fuck out of my fucking city, bro. If this city could talk, it would say, get your bum ass out of this city, bro. <laughs> Five stars. Hey, if this city can talk, the city was straight say he robbed the bank on us legally. Yeah, he really did. He robbed the bank like he, he robbed the bank like Floyd and Paul did. Right. <laughs> like taking candy from a baby. He took he took guard packs <laughs> to the to the cleaners straight up. Man. <laughs> Dude, they would always say, Felicio's such a nice guy. He's always smiling. I'm like, if you stole $32 million, you'd be smiling too. That man, man they had no reason to be upset about nothing, bro. Listen, that man could kick it, do whatever he wants to. He never played. He probably barely practiced. Cristiano Felicio had the best job in the city of Chicago. That man worked less than people that work from home right now. <laughs> Lori man. Lightfoot is jealous of Cristiano Felicio's job in Chicago. <laughs> you ain't lying about that. You ain't lying about that. You talk about pressure, boy. I'm like, woof. If her eyes can get any bigger when you see her talk, I'm like, that ain't nothing but stress, man. That ain't nothing but stress. Nothing but stress. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> what you got for me on the free of the target, DC? I'll look at guys that have that edge to them, that have that dog in them, that have that 
when the game's on the line, you know they're going to step up like Nazi Muhammad did when he, you know, <laughs> remember when he pushed LeBron? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Years back. Yeah, yeah, man. We need guys like that. So Taj Gibson, you know, he's got that edge. You remember Bobby Portis got into it with Nico. Bobby Portis is going to be a free agent. Alex Caruso, you look at guys like Markeith Morris. Like, these are guys that have been there in those moments. And that's what this team is missing. Daniel Tice was great this year. I just don't know if if he's going to be dependable in those playoff moments. And you also, know what I mean? And also to that point, DC, I don't know if they're going to be able to afford to bring him back because his market might have increased because Daniel Tice, he balled out, man. He did. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you worry about, man, Prez, now, like, with these guys who are actually on a free agent market. is what they priced that, man, what the range is going to be for these right, guys, man. Right, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I was thinking about Mike Conley. I was like, man, where's it going to be? I mean, I'm like, where's it going to be at now? <laughs> um, do we want to go out to a guy like him who broke the bank before, before he got traded over there with um, Utah? But it's like, what this guy value going to be going forward, right? Is the price range going to go down or is it going to stay somewhere near the same? Who knows, right? But I think that's the key factor with these guys, man. Everyone's not going to get paid for us, but they all going, all going to make some good money, though. Because <laughs> I think these, there's a lot of good guys out there, man, who can probably help this Bulls team, but maybe probably too expensive. Who knows, right? Audience, A-Dub's got some champagne taste over there because he just threw out another big money guy, man. A-Dub's going to load this team up. He's trying to make us Brooklyn Nets over here. <laughs> hey, look, you're trying to win. you got to spend money these days, man. A lot of these teams are winning. They Talk got to him, A-Dub. Hey, look, let me tell you something. Golden State was willing to break the bank on KD, on, on your boy Curry, and on Klay Thompson, right? They had no problem. And they were really going to also pay Green as well. They're willing to break the bank, man. So if you're trying to win now, man, Guys are spending money on quality players who can help them out and help them get to that next level. But you, you're talking two different situations here. Golden State manipulated that salary cap and it worked to their advantage. That will never <laughs> happen again. But the second right. thing, we talk about the Reinsdorf family. Let's, yeah. let's think about that. That man ain't paying no luxury tax. Why he sure. charged you $22 for a beer? No, he ain't, char- he ain't paying no luxury tax. Uh-uh. That ain't happening. We down to what? T.J. McConnell? Guys who probably came off the bench who can look pretty good. And I did ask for realistic. And I did ask for realistic. So there you go. Okay. We're looking at guys in that realm, right? In that price range. And I think, is that enough to get us over the hump? Who knows, right? Like we have now. So the thing is, you're looking for some uh, some help, some insurance. And DC brought up two names that were kind of intriguing to me. He brought up Todd Gibson and he brought up Bobby Portis. I think mm-hmm. of the two, Todd would be someone that I would not mind coming back. Bobby Portis, he may want a bigger contract, but those are two guys that bring something to this team that we don't have. We need a, some of the, another veteran to go with your boy Thajic, but we need another yep. guy that can come in there, be a veteran leader, and teach these guys how to get to that next step, guys. Yes. Doug McDermott. Oh, God. He's, he's now, now I know very, <laughs> very controversial <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> in this circle. However, I feel like he's, he's found his way in the league. Because when he was here as a rookie, they made a horrible, horrible decision mm-hmm. trying, you know, trading for Doug McDermott. He wasn't no. ready. No. Just like Kevin Hart said, he wasn't ready. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. Now, now Doug McDermott is is a spot up shooter. He's a flamethrower. He in the right situation, that's what this team is missing. We don't have anybody that's just a knockdown spot up shooter. Okay, that's a fair point because we don't. When you look at that team, when that ball was moving around, and I was like, "All right, who's gonna hit this shot?" Because if it's not Zach taking that thing or Kobe when he's hot, I'm like, "Who's hitting this thing?" I don't know. Denzel, Denzel was throwing them up all day and night. Right. <laughs> Denzel ain't Denzel never didn't care. That man has no chill. <laughs> None at all, friends. One thing I hate about the young, I mean, I don't use the word hate, but one thing that always, you know, concerns me with young players, man, is when they take shots that you're like, man, those kind of shots you're taking are not quality shots. You, you got to be ready to take a good shot. You got to be a good quality one at that. Man, see, that's the thing, man. Analytics is ruining the game. So what's a good shot? Y- y'all tell me. We see cats coming and shooting from the logo and everybody clapping them on the back about it. I'm like, listen, everybody ain't Dane Lillard, like DC brought right. up earlier. Everybody ain't Dane. <laughs> now let me let me ask this because I can't let this question go un uh, untouched without the mention of Derrick Rose. You know, Ooh, we're let's go DC. Let's go DC. Free agents. We can't we can't continue this without throwing in Derrick Rose. What do you guys think about Derrick Rose as a possible return to Chicago? I'm so glad you brought that name up because he was on my list. I was just gonna wait till one of y'all brought him up. But Derrick Rose, bro, if we can't get Lonzo Ball. 
you bring D Rose back to Chicago, bro. Both of you guys, I've talked to you guys both about this separately. Derrick Rose was treated so unfairly in this town. This guy gave me some of the happiest moments that I've had as a Bulls fan outside of Jordan. And that three-year reign of Derrick Rose, brother, that was some of the best basketball ever. You talk about a guy taking the ball to the rack, not looking for foul calls, no flopping. D. Rose was basically getting buckets on people. No no foul, no and one. He was going to dunk on you. You was going to feel that pain. But now he's evolved his game after all these injuries, all the setbacks. This guy's reinvented himself, fellas. And I'm telling you, D. Rose and this Bulls team, that would be another dimension. And talk about him and Vooch on the pick and roll. I'm getting excited. Think about that. Because we don't have that dynamic right now. We don't. I agree. I really would like that, Prez. And um, he actually fits, too. He fits the bill here. I mean, like I say, he's a vet in the game now, Prez. He's learned. He grew up, you know, uh, here. And um, he learned a lot, man, his whole entire career, really. You know, with the, with the injuries he went through and just, I mean, going to different teams and dealing with different cultures and going to New York and having his second stint there, right, and doing pretty well with it. So I would love to see him back in Chicago have another stint here. I'm big on service. And D. Rose would set the table for ooh, this team. Ooh, ooh, yes, sir. D. Rose would serve everyone in their roles because at this point in his career, he's not looking to score 30 a night. Yeah, right. he did it in New York, but he'd be looking to get Zach going, looking to get Booch going. I feel like he could take a pat. He could probably be the Patrick Williams whisperer mm. to unlock something in Patrick Williams because when was the last time you saw a 19-year-old kid with raw athletic gifts come through Chicago? That last person was Derrick Rose. That's right. Talk to him, D.C. Yes, sir. The stars have a line. We need a point guard. Derrick Rose is a free agent. Make it happen, A.K. And Bring no, him back to the shot. And the only thing about that one is just don't be that price tag. What's D. Rose going to be looking to get paid? But I'm telling you, I would love it. Because you're right, D.C., his driving ability is still there. He can still get to the rack on anybody. And that's going to open it up for Zach Levine because right now, Zach Levine is the only true shot creator on this team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Kobe right. to a, a, a slighter degree. But imagine D. Rose sucking in the defense and he's kicking that thing out to Zach Levine. Game over. Game over. Yeah, man. And the fact is he improved his skill level, Prez, on how to get shots without getting shots from an athleticism standpoint. He adjusts his game very well. So... I, I like that idea. And the thing is, he can play in big moments. And you want a guy like that who can play in big moments, who's battle-tested and who's ready for the playoffs. So I would love to see D-Rose back into the shot. Well, so he was on an $8 million per season contract, and I yeah. think that he outplayed that. So we'll see what happens, man, because as you guys both mentioned earlier in the conversation, these NBA contracts now, they're crazy. There's a lot of money getting thrown out in this league, and I, I'm not going to call an NBA player a bum because I can't hoop. But I'm just going to say there's a lot of guys that should be making what they're making that's making $10 million a season. That's all I'm going to say. I'll throw this out there, too. You look at a guy like Chris Paul, who's 36, 37, he's in that range, approaching his first NBA Finals if he can get past the Clippers. Only got two games left. Yep. You look at Derrick Rose at the age of, what, 32? I think, right? 32. He'll be 32 this year, I believe. Or he, he is 32. So... Chris Paul was never an MVP. No. Derrick Rose was an MVP. So you can have success later in your career. Mm-hmm. What better city to have that success with than the city that drafted or the city you grew up in, the team that drafted you in your hometown? And what better way to for Derrick Rose to close this Tibbs chapter than to come back and start a new chapter back Damn. in Chicago? He's got to be successful without Tibbs at some point. Come on, y'all. He's got to leave the nest. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point because everywhere he's had success, Tibbs has been right there looking at him. Right. (laughs) That's true. That is true. But I was just going to say, I like the fact of him coming back home to get his flowers because I'm telling you, I just didn't like the way that he was treated at the end there. It wasn't good. We'll get into this a little bit on some future episodes for today's show. We're going to transition over to the Chicago Bears, guys. So now, outside of seeing Justin Fields, what are you guys most excited for for the Bears season? What I'm most excited about, Prez, outside of um, Justin Fields, is the fact that, hey, my boy Money Moon is going to be (laughs) mad. (laughs) 
man, it's going to be um, going to his second year. I think he's going to be better. And um, I'm looking forward to, man, him at some point hooking up with Justin Fields, getting some catches from him. And I'm looking forward to the excitement, man. I, I just see his prayers, a lot of great things happening from this kid. So, man, Darnell Mooney, that is that guy I'm looking at prayers. He's on my radar. And I'm quite sure he's going to do phenomenal for us. So he's that kid, man. He's the truth. He got the speed. He has the skill set. And he's one year better. And for our listeners, I was glad that uh, the A-Dub told you guys who he was referring to. So on our The Bear Central's podcast, most of our loyal listeners of that show, they have heard A-Dub all season screaming money moon out. And you're going to probably hear that a lot on this podcast too. So sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I just want to see a well-balanced team. I mean, for years, for decades, it's always been about the defense. You know, we okay. got Khalil Mack and, you know, immediate impact coming in. Mm-hmm. But with, with Justin Fields, and, and really, it's not even just about Justin Fields. We have to be able to put points on the board on all. Yes, all like, it, 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 we can't continue down this trend of one-sided football team. The other thing I'm going to throw out there is this possible move out of Soldier Field. You know, I want to see how this thing unfolds because, you know, I see that they're they're in talks with with Arlington Heights and possibly, you know, building out in the burbs. So, you know, how would that make, you know, the city speak? How how would the city talk if we no longer have games at Soldier Field? That's what I'm curious about. Oh, that's a good one. I, I feel like we might Very touch on I think we might touch on that very soon. <laughs> I would say for me, guys, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is actually going to Soldier Field again. I mean, we had a whole season where we didn't have any home games. I mean, our team was playing in front of the damn media. There was nobody in the stands. The defense didn't have that basically true 12th man that was helping them in, on third downs and giving them that like little energy that you know sometimes you need. So they didn't have a true home for the advantage. That's one of the things that I'm excited about. But to uh, DC's point, I'm excited to see what we're going to be able to do on this defensive side of the ball. Now, I know offensively, you know, that's another story, and we'll talk about that, you know, on on a future show. But defense, defense took a step back the last couple of seasons. We got a new defensive coordinator here, Desai. I'm really curious to see what he's able to do with this group and to get them back to that elite level that they were playing at in 2018. So I think for me, those are the couple of things that I'm most excited about when it comes to the Bears. That's a good point, Perez. The defense, yeah, that's always a big key, man. And um, if they, these guys get back to 2018, Perez, defensively, man, this team can go to the next level. I mean, I know we got a tough schedule, right? So we're really going to need that defense anyhow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But to DC's point about having a well-rounded team, that's why it's going to be very important to make sure that Andy Dalton is up and running with this offense, that this offensive line is ready to answer the challenge, and that they feed David Montgomery the football. Take pressure off of Dalton by running the fucking football. I think we could definitely make something happen here, but I'm really excited about seeing what this defense is going to do, guys. Agree. The The Bears running game has always been solid, you know, but you definitely, I agree, Chris, feed Montgomery. Feed that right? man. That's right. <laughs> all we, all yeah, I want to see is 32 just going up and just knocking somebody the fuck over. That's all I want to <laughs> see. First down, second down, let's go. <laughs> Get that ball under there and let's go. <laughs> all right, yes, well, cool. well, cool. Well, one of the things that we're going to do on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to cover all the Chicago sports teams. And we were going to give a little love to the Blackhawks here and there, but, you know, that's not going to be one of our core teams that we're going to talk about. But the team that I wanted to give some love to real quick here now is the Chicago Sky. A-Dub, I know you were talking with me about this the other day, this winning streak they're on. How have you been feeling about this team and the way that they've been playing since Candace Parker's come back from injury? Man, they have been playing very well since Candace Parker came back from injury, man. I think Bender has been playing pretty good. She's been playing awesome, running the show. I mean, she's been a great driver. I mean, as far as holding this team together, getting everyone involved. So, man, I like what they have going on, man. Uh, we got Candace Parker. When she came back from injury press, she's been inserted back into that lineup. And, I mean, we've been on a, on a mission at this point. So, six-game win streak, man. All the individuals on the team have been chipping in from Copper to the Shields. I mean, it's been a, a very good team effort here, total team effort. You brought up Diamond to Shields. I wanted to give her some kudos because I don't know if you guys saw this, but she basically lives on the South side, you know, and she suffered from uh, vision problems as a kid. And she made it possible for about 150 South side kids 
to get free eye exams and help them to get glasses. And I thought that, man, we always talk about in this community how we all can do our part to, you know, kind of help out, you know, the people around you. I just want to give her a salute for that because, you know, I always say if you see a need, then you need to try to fill it. And I think that's what she did. I want to give her a, a shout out for that. Great shout out, Chris. Absolutely, Chris. To me, that's what being five stars is all about. Just going above and beyond, going beyond your your call of duty and your field or just, you know, just really just understanding that you're a human being and other human beings need other human beings. <laughs> you know, just point mm-hmm. simple. We're here for each other. We got to mm-hmm. help each other out. Yep. So, yes. So that's definitely big ups right there. Yeah, I mean, and then A-Dub, he talked about Candace Parker, not when we talked about her coming back from the injury, but we haven't talked about the fact that Candace Parker came back to the crib. So I know she's from the suburbs, people, so don't nobody start talking shit to me about that. I know she didn't grow up in Chicago. <laughs> Naperville stand up. But hey, guess yes, what? <laughs> Naperville. But she came back home. But I wanted to give her kudos because I don't know if you guys peeped, but every home game, she wears a different Chicago high school ball player's jersey. So the first game, I think she was rocking like a D-Wade Richards jersey. She's worn like some Isaiah Thomas jerseys. She even rocked the Ben Wilson jersey. So she's been trying to pay it back. And dude, that Ben Wilson was sweet too. But she's been paying homage. And I was like, I really love that. But they're being gone. She hasn't forgotten. So now she's back, man. It's like, hey, you know, pick up where you left off at. And you're right, uh, DC. She hasn't forgotten her roots, man. She is a Illinois slash Chicago uh, person. So I'm glad to have her home, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, no, you, as we mentioned, uh, six-game winning streak for the Sky. And the one thing that no one gives credit to is the fact that their coach, he's turned the, the fortunes of this team around. Because there was a couple years there where the Chicago Sky, they were not doing so well. And he's actually put himself in a position where he's the second winningest coach in Chicago Sky history. Now, some people may say, well, that's not that possible to do when you're the coach of the Chicago Sky. Listen, get this man some, some credit. He's turned things around. These girls are balling out of control right now. And right now, if the season ended, these guys will have a, a fourth spot for the playoffs. So, and I think that'll give them a, a buy in the playoffs. So I'm really excited to see what these girls are going to be able to do uh, going forward. These women, by the way. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to be able to do down the stretch of the season. And, and can we just toss out there, the, the pay inequality has to stop. Give these women a raise. Candace Parker has been carrying this league for so many years. You know, Prez, we we've we've operated in corporate America for for quite some time. Hey, yep. you you know how this goes. You know, we see people out here driving, you know, all types of nice fancy cars, and they work desk jobs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like these women aren't making that much more than them. We got in, we got NBA players making forty million dollars, but then they can barely. Hit a million? A million? Like, come on now. Like, these 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 women need more. I agree with you 100% on that one. Um, and if you look at when we were coming up, look at the Houston Comet, that franchise, where you had Swoops, you had who was Cynthia Cooper, right? Yeah. That, team, that team's not even in the league anymore. They went out of business. Damn. That should never happen. When you had a team that that was a dynasty. And a lot of the people on that team, a lot of people won't talk about this, and I'm glad you brought this up, DC, but if you're not like a marquee player in that WNBA, a lot of these women are playing overseas when the WNBA season is over. Diana Taurasi did it yeah. two years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that yeah, goes man. to show you with that uh, that pay inequality. And I think a part of that comes with a couple of things. The first part is you got to get people to watch the sport. If people aren't watching the sport, they're not going to get TV revenue dollars. If you're not getting right. that, then that salary cap is going to be pretty tight. We got to get Absolutely. people supporting them, you know, because it's a good quality product, you know? So it's like, support them. Mm-hmm. I've been watching the WNBA since I was a shorty. Like I'm saying, I could tell you about Lisa Leslie. I could tell you about all these players, man. They has been some women that have been hooping. Like they could put buckets on these cats. Like there's so many of them. You, you go and back this, down to history. This current WNBA crop of stars is probably the, some of the best that the game has ever seen. Agreed. That, that league has ever seen. So, yeah, marketing departments get out there. Let's 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 get these teams some more exposure. Let's 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 get more eyeballs on this league because, you know, these women want to be paid, and they should so, be paid. And they should it, be. And let's not let this be another useless uh, hashtag or slogan. Let's just do it. Let's, we don't need the hashtags. Hashtag WNBA. That's cool. It's cute. But 
put some dollars behind marketing your league. And I put this on the league itself because they could do more to market that league. The NBA could do more to help get the awareness up because this is quality basketball. I'm, I'm looking at these women. And I'm like, we see a step back three pointers and the same stuff that you see the guys doing for the most part, they're out there doing. So it's like, Hey, let's pay attention to this, to these women out here playing this sport and let's pay them equally. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Perez. And I, I couldn't go by with saying, man, that I'm actually proud of Jordan, you know, Michael Jordan for taking a stand with actually um, adding more women to the brand, man, to his brand. So to put them yep. out there, some of these top women out there in the WNBA who are doing great things. And that also spread the word, put them out there too, man. And also it's a financial game for them as well. So I, I like that idea, but you're right, man. There needs to be more money involved when it comes down to the WNBA and more support. And I think as they continue to grow, they can grow, I believe, but you're right, it's going to take a lot of us, a lot of the others who are out there, investors to actually invest into that to the sport, right, and to uh, spread the word around. Because you're right, it's been around a long time, but I think it can go to the next level uh, with more support. Agreed, agreed. Well, one thing that I wanted to do here is I wanted to turn the conversation over to the Chicago Cubs. And A-Dub, don't get too giddy and too excited. But um, this team right here is, are they tied for first place right now, A-Dub? Tied for first place. Okay, cool. That's for now. That's It's, it's nice. Uh, the nice, good to hear that. So, one thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on, A-Dub, before I let you talk about your team for a little bit is there's been some foolishness that you guys have been doing in the bleachers this season with those beer snakes. What the hell is that, and why are they doing that? Man, Press, I can't even give you a great answer around that part of it. Uh, what are they doing? That? I really can't. So they interrupted the game for our audience. These guys are putting all these beer cups in these Things and they're passing around the bleachers. And I guess this thing got so tall and out of control that it collapsed all into the field and they had to delay it during the <laughs> game. So they had to pick up all these cups. I'm saying the foolishness that goes on in Wrigley Field, I swear these people don't even probably care about baseball. I don't mean to crap on the Cubs fans out there, but when you see stuff like that, you're like, come on now. Can we just watch the baseball game? <laughs> What are we doing? Hey, man, things happen to baseball game, man, all the time, friends, you know. I'm, so, I'm, uh, I'm tired of things. it. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of that, and I'm tired of the wave. If I see anybody at the sauce game doing a wave, I'm slapping the fuck out of you. <laughs> I know, man. It's like fans get into all the mode, man, and just start creating stuff. Not saying everything they do is, is good, but they just start doing things, man, and um, it just get bigger, and sometimes it gets out of control, too. Oh, goodness. But no, so how how are you feeling about the season, man? Because going into the season, there weren't a lot of expectations for you guys to be in first place. I mean, your ownership basically traded away a lot of your players. They traded away Darvish. They got rid of uh, Schwarber. So the fact that this team is is in first place, the Cubs remind me of, remember Major League, the movie? They remind me of that baseball team because they're winning at all costs right now, despite their owners. (laughs) Well, yeah, I agree, man. The thing is, Perez, when you don't have a lot of pressure on you, and I believe they had half a game out of first now because the Brewers won, so they have the same amount of losses. Brewers 42-33, Cubs 41-33. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, the thing is, man, they just been playing with less pressure on them. I mean, before in the past, you know, we had all those guys, man. It was like, hey, you got to win muscle in, right? When you're under pressure, that's that's a tough way of playing, really, you know, baseball. But one thing I will say, the Cubs did a good job of retooling. They still with certain guys they want to keep, like the Rizzo, Chris Bryant, some of their core players, Contreras. And I think this year they're doing a better job with delivering. They even kept Hendricks, too. So uh, you see some guys who had success in the past are now having success uh, moving forward. And I think Chris Bryant is having an all-star year this year uh, than he's had in, in the past few years. So it's just good to see guys now uh, doing well. And other guys they brought on board, like Jock Peterson, these guys are having the pitching in very well and helps move the team along in crunch time situations. Yeah, your boy Young Jock, he's been doing this thing. I, I I salute him. I salute him. What's up with your boy Javi, man? Not knowing uh, how many outs is uh, in, in, going on in the game, man. I saw they benched his ass. What happened there? Hey, DC's the only time I let this man come on my team like this, man. It's the only time. Because <laughs> it's out there. Hey, it's, it's, if the city can talk right, it's what they'll be saying right now, right? It did Absolutely. look bad for us. It was one out. Um, Rizzo popped out, fly out, and the guy, Baez, didn't run back to first base. He kind of walked off like a little frustrated, and then he forgot how many outs there were. was only one out. So with that fly out, it was two outs. So he should have got it back. And from that standpoint, the coach wanted to protect him from himself. That, hey, you're having a bad game. You're not there mentally. I'm better off protecting from yourself. Like you would do boxers who are continuing to fight and continue to get beat up. You got to protect them from themselves. So I think coach did the right thing by benching him. 
Yeah, I thought that was good. Uh, good, good coaching by Ross. And when I looked at that situation, and I say, "Man, where's his head? It, it, what are you doing? You don't know what's going on? Like, come on, Javi. Javi's a hell of a player. I will tell right. you this, both of you guys. Javi's one of my probably favorite players in the league. You know, like he's electric. The guy is great in the field. He's a good hitter. But so when I saw that, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, man, Javi, what you doing, bro? Yeah, I was disappointed too, Perez. I, I didn't think he would he the guy made that kind of mistake, but he did, right? Um, and it's just like, whoa, man, you can't have you making those kind of mistakes moving forward. So I like the benching. Um, I think he came back next game much better, though. But the thing is, I like the fact that Ross showed that, hey, look, no matter who the player is on the team, I got to do the right thing. And sometimes coaching, you got to make some tough decisions. And sometimes it means putting your best player on the bench. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Now, one thing that I have to ask you about is your ball club and this damn COVID vaccine. Now, you know, in the league, they're like tracking teams that are at like that 85% mark for the vaccine. And I think David Ross came out and basically said, man, we're nowhere near that. And I don't see it happening. What are your thoughts there? Now, I don't think the athletes should disclose whether they had the vaccine or not, but it's just a blanket rule for me that, hey, if you got the vaccine, that's your right. Do what you got to do. But it seems like a lot of these club players have spoken out on it. Like Rizzo has made some comments. Hayward has made some comments. And I'm like, man, in this day and age, bro, just play ball and keep your mouth shut when it comes to this side of thing, unless you're telling people that, you know, (laughs) I believe in science. But if you don't, then shut up. I don't want to hear it. If you don't have the guys around it, just take a step back, right? Like, hey, if it's not your forte, you don't have to speak on. No one's actually speaking on things that you don't have no that you don't know enough about. So I would just say with you, Chris, if you don't have the knowledge, you're not really going to uplift people or encourage folks to do the right thing. Then I think you probably should take a seat back on that. Yeah, man, I, I don't, I don't even get it. DC, I want to get you in on this. What's your favorite? Because I know you've gone to some Cubs games in your time. What's your favorite part about that Wrigley Field atmosphere and being at, at the ball games there? I don't really have anything, but I wanted to, you know, get your thoughts on it. Well, since we are global, we are live, we're global. I mean, you know, anyone can listen to this anywhere. So if you don't know anything about Chicago, the first thing you need to know is that Wrigleyville is a vibe. Wrigleyville is a whole experience. So when you go to a game, you're going to feel tradition. You're going to feel electricity. Cubs fans are some of the most passionate fans of any sport. Uh, that you'll ever find uh, in the United States and Japan. I don't care where you're at. You know, Cubs fans are loyal. Think about it. You waited 100 years for a World Series. Come on now. Can't be no more loyal than that. So, uh, so. Watch it, GC. So, so when you're, when you're in that, especially all the types of shenanigans you can get into on Clark Street, but that's another story for another time. But, um, <laughs> but it is a, uh, it is a five-star experience, no doubt. So if you haven't been to a game at Wrigley, even if you're a Sox fan, I would recommend just go. Don't go start a fight. <laughs> Don't go, you know, <laughs> rough somebody up. Just right. enjoy it. You know, live life, enjoy it. The Cubs are a part of Chicago like the sun is a part of the sky. You know what I mean? Like, you got to respect them. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And and, and and D.C.'s right. I mean, Wrigleyville, that's a whole vibe over there. Great atmosphere after the games. And that's one of the things for me as a diehard Sox fan. It pains me that when I go to the game, after the game, if I didn't tailgate or something like that, I'm just got to go to the crib because there's nowhere for me to go when I walk to the car. At least over there at Wrigleyville, when you walk out of the stadium, shit, it's, it's a whole oasis of things for you to do over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, friends. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. It's a DC point, man. When the team was losing, it was like, hey, oh, well, we're going to go out and party after this. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what happens. You know, tonight we're going to get drunk. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting fucked up. up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For everybody, I give a dub a a hard time about the Cubs. But listen, I've gone to Cubs games before. I mean, I have people in my family that that like the Cubs. I got to go to a Cubs game for my brother because for his birthday. So, I go there. You know, I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm not going to go wear a White Sox hat. I'll be neutral, you know. And, you know, if they do something that's worth me applauding, I'll do it. I'll see. You know, I'm very hard. <laughs> I'm very hard to impress, though. <laughs> right. so, so Sox fans are very, you're like, no. You give a golf clap. Like, yeah, just, yeah just, I'll give you, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a polite, <laughs> a little polite golf clap. That was cool. All right, great. <laughs> But no, dude. All right, fellas. Now, now speaking of something that's cool and has got me excited is as a 
diehard Sox fan, June 25th is the day that we're going to have our reopening night of the sale. I don't call it G-rate. I call it the sale. So now, 100% capacity at the games. I'm excited because you got to think about it. They've had these, you know, 30, 35% capacity. I mean, the stadium, you know, in the past probably has been 30, 35% filled. But this season is different. It's a magical season, and it's going to be really cool to see that stadium full of fucking fans now. And I'll be there on the 25th. It's going to be a good time. And I'm just really, really excited for this uh, for this time. You know, even for whether you're a, a Cubs fan or whether you're a fan of whatever team in the city, the fact now that we have 100% of capacity for us to be able to go out to these games where we can start to live again and start to enjoy each other and to have that camaraderie again, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, Perez, I, I'm glad, man, that they are at 100% capacity, like you said, man, and everyone getting a chance to enjoy being around each other, fans, having a good time together. That's awesome, man. I, I know this has been a, a tough year, right, overall due to COVID. The fact that we're now getting back again to some kind of normalcy, this is always a pleasure, man, just to see it happening. And um, I'm hoping everyone will follow some of the safety protocols that are in place in general. But man, it's, it's just awesome, the fact that we had 100% capacity, you know, so we all can get a chance to get a ticket to enjoy the game, man. And um, I'm looking forward to my time out there to uh, get a chance to watch those guys play. They're in first place. The team is doing well. And I'm quite sure those who are big-time Sox fans are going to love this. Hell yeah. And they're giving out hats to the first 10,000 fans. So show up early and it's going to be fireworks that night. Everybody loves fireworks, mm. right? Lots yes, of sir. fireworks. We need yeah. lots of fireworks, lots of home runs. We That's right. It. That's right. I feel like Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson, this is this is a press prediction. Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu are going to homer that night. You heard it here first. Okay. Mm. Okay. I like that. And like A-Dub said, we're in first place, had a tough weekend, lost to the Astros. But guess what? You don't know if they was banging on garbage cans again. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it. I knew it, man. I watched those games, man. You guys got, I didn't hear no, no buckets beating or nothing, Perez. You guys took down the chin, man. Four straight. You, you lost four straight against those guys, man. You know, one thing I will blame, though, you guys are injury. Uh, you all take a lot of injuries, so I will give you all some credit there. The fact that you are a wounded team at this point, but man... Yeah. Astros just took care of you guys, man. That's all. <laughs> it's okay. I still stand to it. They was beating on some damn garbage cans somewhere. You didn't see it, but somebody <laughs> saw it. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, but to be told, man, I wouldn't be shocked, though. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, you can't put nothing past them Astros, but we're going to see y'all again. Don't worry. We're going to see you again. Yes, sir. All good there. But, fellas, our final segment here, If This City Could Talk, A-Dub, talk to them. This city can talk, man. Um, the one thing I want to encourage you guys out there, we're back opening. A lot of things are now being opened back up. I think it's still very important to understand that the pandemic is still out there. I think it's still important for us to, to consider the safety protocols out there and take care of our health. I mean, that's something we have not learned over the years. I think it's very important that we do take care of our health. So those of you all who have not taken this um, COVID thing serious, I think it's important that you still do, even though we got a vaccine out there, and to do whatever you can do to protect your health. And that's the most important thing we have. The most luxurious thing we have is our health. That's right, man. And, and as I mentioned earlier, we are all excited about the fact that things are opening back up and we're able to enjoy life again. So, like, let's not mess this up. Let's not. Nobody wants to go back in isolation again. I'm telling right. you, I can't handle that again, bro. I, I won't. I won't make it. Can't handle that. So, just everybody, do your part. Protect the person next to you. And let's just continue to just evolve and, and move past this time. A dub, well said. DC, if this city could talk. If this city could talk. So my nickname, my alias is, is Five Star, Mr. Five Star. So what <laughs> that means to me is excellence going above and beyond. I mentioned it earlier. So when I go out to a restaurant and someone is serving me, don't be a dick. You know, don't don't act like you don't want to be at work. Like, I get it. You know, we're coming out of a pandemic. Things have been tough. Things have been hard. We've all had to deal with loss. And, and all types of unfortunate things. But really, life is about the lens you look at it out of. So if you flip your perspective and just think a little bit more positively, like, hey, somebody is coming into this restaurant. 
ordering off of a menu. They're hungry. They want to have a good experience. They probably haven't been out the house in forever because there's a lot of people that are still like looking at the light of day like, I haven't been out since 2019. Oh, my God. You know, like this, <laughs> this is a real thing. So if you're in a position to serve another person or if you're in a position to 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 be friendly, to be encouraging, be uplifting, I dare you to do that. I dare you to be a five-star individual and give your very best because you never know what to uplift and brighten somebody else's day. You know what I mean? You never know what you're going to be able to provide or what you're going to be able to do to, to lift someone's spirit. So do your very best, you know, serve others. Don't be a selfish piece of shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> but, you know, like just, just, just always keep your five-star. I'm sure the kids are hurt worse. Their parents have been home trying to be their teachers during this pandemic. So, oh yes, <laughs> that's a challenge in itself. <laughs> yes, it is. You mother thirty-two plus five is what mother? <laughs> <laughs> you, you you sure you got to do this worksheet? Right. <laughs> All right, Man. fellas. If this city could talk to finish out the segment, this is gonna go to. One, Mayor Lightfoot. So, D.C., you touched on this earlier when it came to the stadium, Soldier Field, and a potential move to Arlington Heights. Well, my If This City Could Talk goes out to Mayor Lightfoot's statement, where she basically slammed the Bears. I mean, she went after them pretty hard. I mean, A-Dub and I talked about this on our last The Bears Central's episode, but she called it an attempt to negotiate through the media. And then she went on to say they should focus on putting out a good a good team on the field and being relevant past October. Now, I want you all to think about those words. That is coming from a mayor of a city that it seems like she would want her team to stay in the city, right? So I wonder, hey, mayor, did you think about that statement before you said it? Or were you in such an emotional situation there in your mind that you're like, I got to get this press release out. I got to I gotta say something to them. Don't just always sometimes try to have the last word. We don't want our team to move out of Chicago. So do everything you can to keep them here in this city. Because I'll tell you one thing, Mayor Lightfoot, you don't want any more bad headlines because they've been coming for you. Don't let these people come at you when this team moves because right now it's looking like there's a lot of smoke. The Bears going to Arlington Heights. So I think you need to be on the phone setting up some Zoom calls or doing whatever you need to do. Let's get this damn rig back on track and let's keep this team here in Chicago. But Mayor Lightfoot, you need to calm down. Don't be emotional. And in your press release, if the city could talk, it would tell you to make sure someone proofreads it so they don't misspell Soldier Field. <laughs> and sometimes you may want to get your suit tailored. I'm just saying, you know. Ouch. But that's Ooh. your style. You know, I can't, I can't hate, you know, that's 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 your style. I appreciate you. Thank Oof. you for your service. Oof. Damn, DC. Damn. Taylor DC. Gang. Taylor Gang. <laughs> Well, that, 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 I love that, you, Lori. Yeah, you better, because she's going to cancel us, man. You better stop that. Right. Really <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, fellas, man, this was Dope Man. First episode in the books. Audience, this is the Chicago State of Mind, and this podcast is brought to you by Crave It. Crave It is a social app for food lovers. They make it easy to share, learn what to eat, where to eat at, and what to cook. Check out their app in the App Store and use our exclusive access code, Chicago Versus. Make sure to check them out. DC, gonna sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time. The GOAT! Peace.